0: Hey, hey, it's baseball day here on the inner league because that's what we cover on this podcast is baseball. Episode 59. I'm with this title. Spags, you picked it perfectly today. A much needed break. I needed a break yesterday. That's why we recorded on Tuesdays. And does our team need a break? Something fierce. Today, we're going to break it down. We're not going to be depressed about it. It is what it is spags you're already a seller in fantasy so i mean at least you're there um and at the end of the day we can just all root for my fantasy team so that's all fine um welcome to a much needed break episode 59 spags how you doing
1: i'm doing good doing good um i did sell and fancy this is accurate it was a tough decision but i yeah. felt it was the right decision active
0: um, seller active seller
1: yeah there was uh I'm hoping to sell some more in all honesty. I I will be on board rooting for your fantasy team, um, the moment that you trade me for Freddie Freeman. <laughs> I mean, Freddie <laughs> Freeman for a second, and you know a little bit later of a pick. You know? Yeah, until until that happens, I need your team to struggle, not necessarily lose. I like, well, I guess you have games to give. I just want your fir- whoever you have at first base or. Um, Who who do you have at first right now? Is it still Cronenworth? Well, Jake Cronenworth. Okay. Yeah. So, really. I'm Eight rooting... points yesterday, by the way. Yeah. Eight I'm... points yesterday. So, so, theoretically, I'm probably rooting for.
0: I don't Lau think I have a first or, baseman or technically Ga- on yeah, my team.
1: Yeah. Either Lau or Gavin Lux to struggle. Or, yeah. Or probably yeah. more realistically where I'm at um wow who had the grand slam yesterday Locks <laughs> yeah, yeah. got three and a half points which if you get three and a half points a day out of a guy that's a pretty solid week you're looking at 20-25 points easy um yep. so it's not working for me so far um I guess theoretically you could always put him as your DH so if Austin Riley were to struggle um you know trade yep. one Braves slot in your slot for another one um yeah something along those lines <clears throat>
0: Um, what yeah, I'm... so I think I'd be if I did have, um, uh, like, I Gavin Lux I think would still be in my. It'd be, be really be the DH spot would probably be like a Gavin Lux, Austin Riley depending on how I felt, and really up until Gavin Lux like loses some playing time because since Seeker's been out, he's just got like unlimited playing time. He's another one of those like he plays, uh, well second second in shortstop, um, so he's seen a decent amount of time there um in LA which is a good offense uh you know yeah playing well you're scoring points so
1: and and like I said like we we talked about it there was they were they were solid negotiations there was back and forth we we talked through some we talked through some things um and at the end of the day you just said that it it wasn't it wasn't your time to buy yet um And then I squeaked out the win too.
0: So, and I'm like extra like, okay, cool. I now, if I wouldn't have squeaked out the win, I mean, I could have obviously came back to the trade table, but I would have been like a week, you know, a day late, a dollar short on being able to start Freddie Freeman this week is what I didn't want to like regret is that like Monday I end up making the trade because my team loses, you know, and then I didn't get it in time or I just got it late or whatever that is, you know, and I had to wait seven fucking days to start.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That like, then he's on my team. Yeah. Well, and i think I mean, he has an is audition out of the
0: break on a tear that's he, just, yeah man.
1: he he has an audition week next week me and you play each other True. so i feel True. like i really i need him to bring his a game really show you what you're missing out on Um right. if freddie that. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if freddie freeman could be solely responsible for me handing you a loss i feel like that would go a real long way towards like this guy having value in your eyes um yeah. but like i'm, like, I'm hoping I made that
0: trade that's a w
1: right yeah i'm like i've uh I've, you know, handed out, like, the – the you know, hit up some of the other guys. Like, we we have – like, yes, I sold um, – I sold midweek last week. Like, or really, like, late in the week. I think it was Saturday that a lot of those moves came through. Um, that I traded essentially five guys that were starting for me. Um, so I got the W last week on a big Sunday. But, like, my, my team's not in a terrible spot position player-wise. Like, I had – relatively deep team in terms of the positions I gave up um, moving Lemayhu who was playing third for me like I had Jan Mankata that I could slide in um, Grossman and Margo in my outfield like I had Ramon Lorano on my bench um, <clears throat> and then I got Josh Rojas in, in the deal that I gave them up so I got a, a decent outfield option the slot back in. Um I also have guys like um Ahmed Rosario who typically has been a, a short slot for me. Ospo's outfield eligibility. Um so there's there's some flexibility. Um even in like trading Freeman. Like I have Jesus Aguilar that can slot in as a formidable first baseman. But then my DH looks significantly worse. So losing Freeman would probably be the piece that's most significant. Um giolito was the other big piece that if i get means like john means back here you know hopefully after the all-star break is what i'm hoping is like coming out of that he's he's back and healthy ready to make his start then i'm kind of in the same boat i was like means is probably his he's performed better than giolito but i have nothing around him um that's how it's been with giolito for the last couple weeks when glass now went down um but yeah, it's so like if I can find myself in a spot that I somehow limp into the playoffs and Glassnow comes back in September, and let's say like I, I don't end up moving Freeman or whatever, um, and I, so I go in with the, the offense I have right now, and I can get Means and Glassnow healthy back into my starting rotation. I have the capability of beating teams, but the likelihood that I make the playoffs is pretty low. My my team, my pitching staff, they're uh, a bunch of who's that? <laughs> who, who who are you starting?
0: I, so, so when I look at your team for trades, because I would like a starting picture too, right? So like some of me is like, oh, if I'm already going to go to the plate with spags, like, you know, get uh, both those things done right then and there. But then I just look at your pictures and I'm like, yeah, I could probably, they're probably not expensive by any means, but then like, I'm still like in this, like, do I want a five? Do I want a five? Like, yeah. You know, Are like they my, upgrades? The problem right now is injury though. Like my fifth starter is typically injured. Like gallon back on the IL. Pineda has been on the IL. I picked up Turnbull right after I had a no hitter. He played once. He'd been on the IL since, but. Um, yeah. So my, my
1: fantasy bread and butter is going to be Matt Labatore. That pickup, that's going to be my fancy bread and butter. Mm-hmm. I feel it. He, uh, he didn't get, he got left off of the team USA roster. And well, for my understanding, him, yeah, for my understanding, it's because the Cardinals organization was like, Hey, this is what we prefer. And he was like, I gotta do what's, you know, what the organization wants me to do. So I would assume that that means there's going to be an opportunity for him to pitch at the major league level. Um, well, if you're out of it and you've admitted you're out of it, you might as well A, see what you got. And B,
0: like if you I would doubt they trade him, but, you know, if he goes out there and pitches a stellar game or something, you get like some monster <clears> haul <throat> from him, but I highly doubt that happens. Yeah, I don't think Unfortunately,
1: Unfortunately, I don't think the Cardinals are going to find themselves in a place that they're going to be able to sell. Oh, well, um, yeah. Cuz I I don't think I don't think they have pieces that so let me like there are pieces that they could sell. I don't think that they're going to get anything significant back for them. Um, yeah,
0: but I the I one think, I found interesting was KK because he's yeah. only making four million. He he hasn't been bad this year, but mm-hmm. like he's proven like champ like winner uh, in the Japan League or whatever. So yeah, and
1: he's um, and he's been good. Like he was. Yeah, I think he had like a near like a two ERA last year. Granted, it was a shortened season, but he is a free agent at the end of the year, um. So you have the the opportunity to bring him back if you really are high on him. But in my opinion, if you were that high on him, like just work out your like negotiate that now. So I think that there's a strong possibility that he probably wants to hit the free agent market, um, because he's like he's gonna be able to bring in some value, um, because, I. I think that there's just uh there's gonna be a big buyers market for uh, like there's gonna be a lot of buyers for like a, a high end left handed starter. So yeah, I agree. I agree. I I think he he's gonna get you know probably multiple offers in the ten to fifteen per year rate like yeah time frame, um and maybe he just wants to go maybe maybe he doesn't want to be in the midwest who knows maybe maybe he wants to be out on the west coast you know like there's it's it's closer to home i guess i not, not closer, pretty much but, but yeah i mean we are talking
0: about all day flights though you know especially like you don't have to connect well he's probably not connecting anywhere just, well maybe i mean he's flying first class but like right. leaving out of st louis like you have to fly to another airport for sure like at least chicago to get a flight into your home so it's not like you can just book something and go, for sure, you
1: know? you know like if but <clears throat> like the time frame that i spent up in seattle like there there was a decent amount of like you know i i don't i don't know the pc way to say this but there was a, a decent amount of an Asian population within the crowd. Like just there like granted like the Yankees were there and that was like obviously they do well with like Matsui and stuff like that. Like they've always played well um in with the fan base over there. Um but see like there was just as many, you know, with each row in Seattle. Um it's like they they have that big market. You've had guys like Nomo and... You think
0: the Yankees are the most international team, like most inter- um, internationally,
1: like rooted for so, team. So I would think it would depend. I would imagine that the West coast, like LA, San Diego, like they probably have a pretty big international poll as well. Cause not only do they have ties, like San Diego more so now with like Darvish being in San Diego. Um, but like LA is a huge city. Um, obviously as much as everyone's heard of New York outside of the U S they've probably heard of Los Angeles. Um, yep. so you had Nomo there, but on top of that, I mean, like it's a hop, skip and a jump to the Mexico border. Um, and in like in New York, you lose out on the whole Canada connection cause you share a division with Toronto being the only Canadian team. So it's probably most Canadian baseball fans. Probably there's probably just as many that dislike, the Yankees, that would find themselves as Yankee fans. Um, so, it like, from an international standpoint, I would imagine it's, it's probably pretty close between those two markets, um, and I would probably give the nod to the West Coast, um, mainly because those games are also probably easier to view. Um, I don't know how significant the time difference is, oh, but... No. Like I would assume it's like that. What it's a three-hour time difference, like the West Coast versus the East Coast. Um, so it if it's three hours later in the day, that might be the difference of like it being noon, you know, over there versus three p.m. or you know or something like that. I don't I don't know what it is, but I would think that like they they might get a a better TV market. Cause it's just a little closer. Like it, the games yeah. are three hours later in the day, <laughs> essentially, or three hours earlier. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't know the best way to, to word that. Cause I don't know what the time difference is, but I could look it up on the internet. I just, I'm being lazy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, um, what happens you know, with with KK, um, I also think that like you might be able to find, um, you know, like a suitor for Carpenter or something along those lines, and and not because like you're trying to shed his contract or anything like that. Um, but he
0: crushes lefties. Oh no, that's Bader. Sorry.
1: <laughs> that is Bader. Um, but no, like you you might find a team that's willing to buy in that like, oh man, like we're we're content with bringing in this lefty off the bench. You know, like boston or something like that might be like hey we have a short portion right field um right you know maybe maybe a matt carpenter off the bench is worth a prospect he hits us one double a home run and win us a game yeah like maybe maybe it's worth selling a lottery ticket to the cardinals you know for us to bring in this piece that we really feel we need like he won't kill us defensively late game if we need to if we need to rely on it, but it's a it's a left-handed bat with some pop coming off the bench. Maybe you could sell um, a team like that on there. Like, they give him the occasional spot start in the DH role. Um, you can start him at second. He could, you know, play first if need be. Um, it's like they could find uses for him to give guys days off. I don't know how deep their bench is, but it would just be like, hey – take him off their hands. You're yeah. You know, he's a free agent. Do whatever. We're pro- we're not worrying about re-signing him. Um, the other big thing is I don't know. Does he have a no trade clause? Um, I would, so I don't know if he's been in the league for 10 years or not. I don't think he has. I think 2013 is when he came up. Um, so I'm sure he didn't have one worked into his contract. And he doesn't have one naturally, because um, any baseball player, if they if they have the five ten clause, so five years with the same team, ten years in the league, they have an automatic no trade clause. Uh, um,
0: salary notes: eighteen and a half million for twenty twenty one and a no trade clause. Oh, so he did get
1: yeah. one. Interesting. Yeah. So. Where is the? So then your yeah, options are probably a full pretty No trades clause,
0: which kicked out. Oh, where did it? I hate when the page loads, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then like everything goes down. And you <laughs> yeah. totally. And then you can't control F because no trade. A no trade that kicks in for 2020, the option at 20, $18.5 million for twenty two kicks in with 1,100 plate appearances. So, yeah, once he made it to 2020, he had a no option for, I guess, that last year or
1: two. Weird. Interesting. Um All right. Well, let's... So, yeah. So, I I don't think you're at a point where you're ready to say, we don't think this is the roster that's going to win. Like, I... I feel that way, but I don't think the Cardinals are to that level. And mm-hmm. I, I am biased. Like, I don't think that they, like, I don't think Nolan Arenado was the answer. I will say it again. It is, it was too great of a deal to pass up. So I don't blame the Cardinals for, by any means for making the trade. The only way this ends up being shitty, go back and listen to previous episodes. We've talked about it a ton, but in a nutshell, if he opts out after this year or the following year, probably wasn't worth everything you gave up. Um, It definitely
0: wasn't worth Austin Gomber this year, you know, for sure. For sure. He's going to continue to like, just be a decent starter. Um, And if you, the more and more you show that you can start in the league, like the more and more you're actually going to be starting in this league.
1: Right. If, if this is what the Cardinals get from Nolan Arenado, this is, it was a great trade for them. If, If he, if this is what he is for the next six years or whatever, if the Cardinals finish below 500, which I don't know that they'll finish below 500 this year, they, they have a relatively tough schedule remaining. Um, like the end of August into September is absolutely insane for them. Um, so it, it, it could be very likely they finish below 500, but let's say they don't, but if they don't make the playoffs, which I think is pretty on like, like, I think it's pretty likely that they will not make the playoffs. Um, if that ends up being the case, like and unless you win a ring, um, somewhere like I was listening to 101 ESPN and they were talking about what, what would be considered the like, what's considered making the Arenado trade a success, um. And I I personally think like they all kind of agreed that it isn't about the level of Arenado's production. Um, you were never concerned about that, like. Of course, that could play a part, but he would have to be really bad in order for it to be like, Arenado wasn't worth it. Um, right. Maybe it hits a little different when the Cardinals are actually shelling out $35 million for him because Carpenter being really bad, it it became far less acceptable when he was making $18 million a year. Um, True. DeYoung becomes a bigger issue with every passing season that he's making more and more money in his contract. It becomes a bigger issue. Um, Carlos Martinez's antics and his inconsistency became a bigger deal as he made more money. Um, so may, so maybe it hits different next year when the Cardinals aren't having Nolan Arenado play for free. Um, but at the same time, I don't think Arenado has been overly bad. Um, he has had some very bad stretches. It could be an ex- like the concept that there's really nothing around him. Um you know, maybe he's pressing a little bit, but we've maybe talked Jeff about, Albert, like,
0: talk to him in the morning.
1: Yeah. Like he leads your team in doubles. He leads the team in home runs. He leads the team in RBIs. I think he's like second in the, in on the team in walks. Um, he's up there in like slugging percentage. He's up there in on base percentage. Um, yeah, in terms of like exactly. your, your, your team numbers. Um, so he's doing fine and that's with like i think he's had multiple like oh for 20 plus stretches and he's you know it's like the 264 batting average probably could be a little bit higher um but i think at that point like it's it's likely that he's pressing a little bit being a little more aggressive um even with that he still doesn't strike out a ton so that's fine to me like even goldschmidt who i'd say doesn't strike out a ton has you know 20 more strikeouts, almost 30 more strikeouts than Arenado does. Um, and they've played the same amount of games and Goldschmidt has two more bats. So if you get this sort of production from Arenado, that aspect is covered. But does that really matter if it doesn't equate to winning seasons for the Cardinals? Like, you know, so, so in that mindset, like what do the Cardinals need to do as an organization for the Arenado trade to have been successful, you know, for this stint of sign like trading for Goldschmidt, signing him, trading for Arenado, taking on that contract, um, so obviously they didn't re-sign him. I think he got extended a year, but let's say he sticks around. So you have Goldschmidt and Arenado for what the next five seasons. What do the Cardinals have to do as an organization for that to be considered a win?
0: Well, I mean, you went out and got Arenado. So I'd imagine while you have him, it you have to win a championship. Like, yeah, you know, I don't think you go out and get a player like Nolan Arenado and not expect to win a championship. But I mean, Paul Goldschmidt wants to be here. I'm sure he signed here because he wants to win a championship. He's right. on the down side of his career, but I think the expectation for the the, the trade was, you know, this is this this is what we wanted to do. Is have Nolan Arenado? We've always talked about it. And to win a championship, I think we got to bring them in. They finally gave in on that, so I think it has so
1: to be measure. So if they so let's say they don't make the playoffs this year, they make some changes. Whatever they they sign some pieces that they need. Nothing overly flashy. Like they don't they don't go out and sign any like of the big Dragon name. Story. Or... Yeah, like they don't they don't bring any other all star level pieces in. Not saying that they that they won't have other all stars but right. they, they just don't add that time. perennial all-star. It isn't a name like Arenado or Goldschmidt or anything like that. They make yeah. some additions, and the team wins a championship next year. But then for the remainder of the contract, they don't make the playoffs. Is that still successful? Hmm. Like, they put it together for one year, they won a championship. And it isn't even... Like, I'm not saying that they win 110 games. Like, they just make it into the playoffs. Maybe they're just a wild card, but they put it together, they go on a championship run, and they win a ring. But they don't make the playoffs in any other year that Nolan Arenado is here. Is that considered successful?
0: Well, I guess the timing is kind of bad. But, I mean... I think that would be shitty. But, yeah, I mean, to win one, I think is definitely... The course. I think if you're like, I guess depending on if you just never win one and you just continue to make the playoffs and don't win one versus like you just never make the playoffs right. after the first year. Um,
1: so, that, so that, so the reason for well, my question is like the, 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 that was like the stance of a lot of the guys on 101. Uh, Cause like I think it was initially like Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman that were talking about it. And all anyone kept talking about was winning that championship, you know. Um, and so, so when it got to like BT and those guys, they were saying that like, they anticipate, you know, it's making the playoffs five of the seven years that he's here. Um, and that includes this year, uh, winning at least a championship, at least making it to another one. So in that same logic, what if the Cardinals lose four world series appearances over the next seven years, but they never get a ring? Is that successful? Like and they have, was it successful for Matheny? Um. So, so I view it a little different when it's a coach, especially when it was a coach that took over a team that won the World Series. Yep. <laughs> so, like, you took a team that won a ring in 2011, and you did have you did make it to four straight NLCSs. You made it to one World Series. Got it. That it's good, but you didn't win a ring. And then your team started to lose, and then ultimately you lost your job because of it. Um, Now, they did get, because what I think, Matheny was ousted, was it 2019? Like, did he have any time frame with Goldschmidt, or did he get fired midseason 2018? I think it was 2018 that he got fired.
0: Yeah, 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 I think I think the talk. Yeah, I think he ended up did get fired mid season. Yeah, because yeah, because Schilt got the last half of the year, or whatever. They kind of went on a little bit of a win streak, but right. like, I think that was like no Carpenters, one ever thought like, would have made it
1: August, and then they fell apart in September and didn't make the playoffs yeah. again.
0: That was salsa year.
1: Yeah, I do believe. Yeah, so that's yeah. so right. So so Matheny, where he lost his success, was like, yep, you made it to four straight nlcs's you didn't win a ring but then you missed the playoffs for two years and you were well on your way to not make the playoffs the third year which ultimately ended up being the case but Matheny wasn't around to see it um Schilt got the job because the team had a successful second half of the season and in the three years that the cardinals missed the playoffs 16 17 and 18 i think it was by like a total of like five games that they missed the playoffs um, like they were, they were pretty close. Like they were competing down to the wire, like the last series of the, of the year, they still had a shot at making the playoffs, just needing some help or whatever. Um, so in, in, so in Matheny's case, you continued to win with a team that won the world series. Now, granted they did it without Pujols, who was a big part of that, um, yeah, you know, but it was uh it was a team that was there. Most of the pieces were there. Um and he continued to to perform well with them. And they um, were
0: favored to win games. It's not like they were like underdogs in all these games here. Correct. Yeah. You know, without bullets, Like they were still people were going in expecting them to win games.
1: Yes. Like the I think the Cardinals lived up to the their expectations in that those those time frames. Um Not that they didn't beat good teams to get there, but You know they, like they, it, it was anticipated that they were gonna win the like the NL Central, um, and then you know go from there, whatever. So in Schilt's case, I think that so far what he has done as a manager has been viewed as successful because they went from. Not making the playoffs in 2016, 2017. They were well on their way to not making the playoffs in 2018. He took the team over. They had a great second half of the season. You know, Schultz seemed to be doing the right things, making the right moves. They went and added Goldschmidt for 2019. um, And then they made the playoffs then, right? Or did they miss in 2019? Uh no, they made it. That was the one. They, they made the playoffs. And then after they won the division series, they're like, all right, that was the world series. And they didn't yeah. show up to play Washington. That, yeah. That was the Atlanta. <laughs> that was the Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. The 11 first, run first then, inning in game five. And when scored and no, no runs after that. Yeah. Much, yeah. Ever. Getting swept by Washington. Yeah. So, but it was a step in the right direction. First four year under Schilt. They beat a team that a lot, like they made the playoffs, which was significant um they won the division which was a big deal um they was only a couple years removed from chicago winning a world series um so they like they were moving in the right direction beat atlanta in a series that a lot of teams expected them not to um yeah everyone thought that atlanta would win that that series so they managed to to get by that series and then the the expectation was the Dodgers would be the bus all that everyone faced um, who should to bet against Washington, but Washington just continued to put it together. Um, probably should have lost to Houston in the world series, but I'm glad that they didn't. Uh, cause fuck those guys. Um, sure. <clears throat> but yeah. So then 2020, you had the pandemic shortened season. Um, they didn't look great at times. They looked really good at times. They managed to make it in on you know, a technicality with it being eight teams that went. So they float around. They didn't play the toughest schedule in the world. They didn't have to play anyone from the East or the West in any league. Um, so all was kind of taken with a grain of salt. I'm not going to blame 2020 on Schilt or the team. It was a very weird feeling. It was a completely different animal from what was normally going to happen in the regular season. Um, They got there. They played tough games against San Diego, but San Diego was clearly the better team and anyone that anticipated it being different, you know, a different outcome probably was, was a Cardinals fan, like a diehard Cardinals fan. Um, But I, I, they, they competed and just couldn't hold it together for game, that game three. Um, And a three game series is just a very odd bird anyway. Um, and it was all on the road. It's like they didn't get any home games in St. Louis. Um, it was all played without fans. Granted, um, so even if they had home games, it's not like the the Cardinals fans would make a difference. Although I I do think that Bush gets pretty loud. Um, so now you, you're so now you're here 2021, and this, in my opinion, is the had the highest expectations of a Cardinals team under Schilt or Shilty, whatever the hell his last name is. I hear, I hear people pronounce it both ways. It's Schilt. It's just Schilt. Um, so this was probably the team that had the highest level of expectation. And this has probably been the worst performing team. Like all of the issues that we knew were going to be issues coming into the year have reared their ugly head in a much more significant way than we could ever think And I think like the comment I made to you after the Colorado series where they lost three out of four, um, which granted the Rockies have a great home record. They are not the same team on the road as they are at home. Um, So I will give the Cardinals the benefit of the doubt there. They are very much a winning team in Colorado. Um, And it's a pretty significant difference as well. Um, They're six and 31 on the road. They're 31 and 17 at home. So the Rockies are a very different team at home than they are on the road. Playing at that altitude, yeah, something maybe I don't know, Um, but it was uh the the issue. (laughs) Yep, some yeah, someone better be checking the the guy behind home plate drinks twice. It's curveball, um, but... but yeah. So the issue with that series though was the Cardinals lost like close games. And what has been kind of your bread and butter, you know, Schilt going with his big three, it is what fell apart. I mean, like you had walk off losses Saturday and Sunday. Um, You had. um, Oh, and sorry, and Thursday. So was it just Thursday and Sunday maybe that were walk offs? I thought Saturday was a walk off too. Um, But you lost. They lost 5-2 to two on Thursday, letting up the three-run home run in the ninth. They lost 3-2 to two on Saturday, um, which they, they gave up three runs in the seventh. The Cardinals scored two in the eighth, um, but couldn't bring it up. So Cabrera took the loss on you know. Saturday, and then Sunday was the walk-off, um, which I think had more to do with Kisner getting the, the game behind the plate rather than Molina. Um, But you let up, you were up two to one, you let up a run in the eighth, you let up a run in the ninth, um, and you lost that game three to two. So all three of those games were winnable for the Cardinals. Um, And then with that being said, the one game they did win, the nine to three win, it came on the Cardinals tying it in the top of the ninth at three to three, and then blowing up for six runs in the top of the 10th. So... All, all four games were very close. Like, I think it, they were all tied or within, like, one run going into the ninth inning. All four games. So, it was a very good series um, for a team that plays especially well at home. And then the Cardinals now, you know, played last night. They beat San Francisco, or I guess they played yesterday evening, and beat San Francisco, who has, like, the best record in the NL. So, they seem to be going in the right direction. They beat up on Arizona, who's the worst team in baseball so they're maybe turning a corner yeah
0: but there was times in the arizona season where or the arizona series where you weren't beating up on them correct like like for sure it wasn't like we just went in there and like owned it now that's why you play all nine innings you're never just like every team's competitive for the most part there's not players out there i think milking it like they're trying you know they're just they're just not as good as other teams, right. whether it's coaching, skill level,
1: all and of they're it dealing in between, with some whatnot. And, and Arizona's yeah, dealing injury. with some injuries. Like Bump yeah. Garner's hurt, Kettle Marte's been hurt for most of the year, and that's yep. probably their best position yep. player. Uh, Christian Walker's been hurt for a lot this year. Right. Um, and
0: I think Carson Kelly's like the only one that's kind of still been like smashing the ball a little bit. Yeah.
1: So they're, <clears throat> it's definitely there There's definitely other factors other than that they're just bad, but they are bad. Like it is a team the Cardinals should beat. The Marlins were the same way. Um it is a team that they should beat. but you you try to find those silver linings and you continue to build on that. Um, sweeping Arizona is exactly what they should have done. Um, you try to stay positive, you lost three out of four to Colorado, but they're a team that has beaten a lot of teams at home. Um, those teams that they beat at home include like the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Padres. Um, The Rockies have won series against all three of those teams at home this year. So you're in tough company and you, you were maybe a cup, a couple, a couple bounces different of sweeping that series, like taking all four from Colorado. Like you were, you were in there. Does it, does it mean a lot? No, not necessarily. Like it doesn't, doesn't make them wins. Like you don't get points for close losses, you know, like your record's still your record. Um, but it, it just seems like the Cardinals were happy to, to see the calendar change from June to July because June mm. was a very, very rough month for Cardinals and Cardinals fans alike. Um, just think when I was looking at it, they like, we had, we had talked about it a lot with their 20 game stretch against teams with losing records. And we were like 15 and five would be like the ideal situation there. Uh, they ended up going nine and eleven. Not fifteen and five um but so they played uh, where where was it I made note of this um so they went six and0 against Miami and Arizona you know we've we've stated our case about them or you know, whatever outside of those those six games where they went six and0 in the month of June the Cardinals went four and seventeen. Um, So even with those wins, they played seven games below 500. Um, Those, those other 21 games included series with Atlanta, Detroit, and Pittsburgh who were all sub 500 teams. Um, And then like we said, like even in the sweeps, like they, they weren't without their downside. Um, Three of the six wins were by one run. The biggest victory, which was seven to one um, over Arizona, saw the Cardinals score six runs in the seventh. Um, there was um, another situation in that game that I know we made fun of uh, where they had bases loaded with two outs in the top of the sixth, Arizona did, and they opted to not pinch hit for a relief pitcher. Um, and it was 1-1 at the time, it's so like before the Cardinals blew up, and they actually scored their six runs off of that pitcher. Um, I don't know that a pinch hit in that scenario, again, like the team's not – they're not full of all-stars, so there's the possibility that the, that the next guy gets out as well, whoever they pinch it for, and whoever they bring in relief also gets blown up. You know, all, all of that is still possible, I'm well aware. But I have to imagine if you pinch it with literally anybody that's a position player, they're not watching three fastballs middle-middle. To strike out looking on three pitches. Like the guy didn't take his the bat off his shoulder. He looked like a relief pitcher up there. Like that's yeah. what I would do if I were at the plate. Like hopefully they just hit me or they walk me. That's what I'm going for here. I get one I can lean into. I got you. Yeah. Like if I can Michael Conforto this shit, I'm going to. Um Like it, it just he doesn't belong at the plate. Um it was the perfect example of why the D eight should just exist in baseball. Yeah. Um so so if they do pinch it there and the guy drives in a run or drives in two or hits a grand slam or whatever, that game looks significantly different. Like, you're you're now up by a couple runs going into the late innings rather than squandering an opportunity. You're, that guy's pressing. He's trying to get it done on the mound because he just wasted a great opportunity at the plate. Your team was already in the midst of just pure on struggling. Um, so like you said, like, it wasn't it wasn't great. Like, they weren't these amazing – Cardinals made it look like these teams didn't belong on the field with them. Um, if it wasn't for the pitching in the Miami series from the starters, where like I think it was like Wainwright, Aviedo, and Martinez maybe. Um, someone. But I think they went like seven innings of one-run ball, seven innings scoreless, and then like eight innings of one-run baseball um, or something like that in the Miami series so if it wasn't for that performance, because uh, Cardinals only won two of those games by one run, the other one they won by two. Um, so the offense has not shown up by any means. Um, even even yesterday, like if Kim doesn't have the performance that he does, like Gosman took a no-hitter into the seventh. Um, yeah. And then the, the big three in the bullpen still didn't look great. Like, and that's who gave up runs and lost games to Colorado – and if the Cardinals didn't tack on two and the top of the ninth, like San Francisco ties that game in the bottom of the ninth, like they scored yeah. two off Reyes.
0: Yeah. I'm wondering it like, so, cause we've called them what the big three now for a while, mm-hmm. because if you're getting a relief pitcher, pitcher out of that bullpen, they're pretty much getting one of those three guys. It seems yep. like, um, and just wearing them out just, Yep. wearing them out. And we've talked about it even with John Gant, like how long can you flirt with just riding that line? You know, like can you, how much can you squeeze out of them? Um, and that's just, you know, not good coaching in some points. Now, part of it's like, you can't really trust guys to bring out, but like you still have other guys on the team. Like you have to continually give those guys chances, but we also haven't been winning a lot of games. So like when you are in the lead, you're trying to extra savor that one, um, but in doing so, sometimes you got to, you know, loosen the leash a little bit, give a guy a night off. You know, hey, one of these guys isn't available tonight or something, um, but and, it just case. And they,
1: and they the have, they, they have got nights off, where like sometimes they'll go Cabrera to Reyes, sometimes it'll just be Cabrera and Gallegos, sometimes it's Gallegos and, and Reyes, um, Reyes essentially gets in anytime the Cardinals have a lead and it's late. That's been their go-to, which is fine. He's your closer, as they should. Um, but they also get him into situations where it's non-save opportunities. Um, like yesterday, Cardinals were up 5-1 to one going to the bottom of the ninth. I get maybe he was already getting warm. It was 3-1 to one when the top of the ninth started. So you were getting Reyes up. But I think that you should have a guy that's capable of warming quick enough that as soon as you opened it up, like you're able to then have someone else come into the game um and save Reyes arm if you have the opportunity to not throw him in this situation it was the first game of a series you now had Reyes pitch i don't know how many pitches he threw um let's see bringing up the box score now he had um they're not going to show me oh here it is uh, so, he threw 20 pitches last night. Guy goes through 18 pitches. Um, so, it went Kim for seven scoreless. Guy goes pitch one inning, gave up the home run. Uh, Reyes gave up two runs on two hits and a walk um, in his one inning. So, in the first game of the series where you, you can probably figure that most of these games are going to be close. Like you're probably not going to blow out the team with the best record in the NL. So you're probably going to be going to these guys late. And now they've got like, the team has gotten a look at them early on. Guy goes, makes sense. It was a close game at that point. That's your game plan. Guy goes to Reyes. That's what you're going to do. But I think you try to preserve throwing Reyes in that situation. Like Helsley should have been the guy to come in, in that game unless he's hurt or something along those lines. The point, though, is that in any scenario where Schilt needs to go to somebody he trusts, it is always Gallegos, Cabrera, Reyes. It is yep. super predictable. You can pretty much guess who it's going to be. The reason why Cabrera didn't pitch yesterday is because Kim was a lefty. I guarantee you if it was a right-handed pitcher not named Adam Wainwright, they would have come out after six innings. You know, um, I may be, Kim's Tim, Kim's pitch count was down pretty low. Um, so it looks like Kim probably came out because he was pinch hit four in the eighth. Um, Cause he was only at 89 pitches. So maybe they go seven. He only gave up three hits. He walked two, but that's what I like. It took a performance at that level when you were facing, you know, Gosman who has been phenomenal. Um, you know, Cardinals only had three hits, two walks against him, but they scored two runs on the big triple from Carpenter. Um, and everyone was like, oh, my God, Carpenter is the man. He's so amazing. Yada, yada, yada. Um, so, yeah. So, it, it's just you you expose them in these situations. And not only that, like, confidence is a, a big thing. So, like, if the, if the Giants get to the Cardinals' bullpen at some point, like, the main guys that you go to – the giants have already found success. Like the home run that Gallegos gave up was to Dickerson who was a pinch hitter. So like they've already had guys come in just fresh into the game and have success off Gallegos. The team already got to, um, to Reyes. So I, I, I just feel like you're in this situation where if you can try to avoid exposing the, you know, pitchers for an extended period of time would be better because over the course of your next nine games like yesterday being included you play the Giants six times you know like they have the three against san francisco they're off on thursday then they go to chicago for three to play the cubs you have the all-star break monday through thursday Um, then you have the giants over the weekend in st louis and then the cubs are in town for four so giants cubs giants coming out of the all-star break this is what you're going to see um, which also means you're getting their best three pitchers. Like they're gonna be in line. You're gonna see Gossman again. Um, you know, I, unless for some reason he pitches in the All Star game. But I would I would imagine the you're even if he pitches in the All Star game, you're gonna see him that third game. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> so because that would be four days rest. You know, if he pitches on Tuesday. <clears throat> so. So it's going be... to be trying to no hit you too, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was already close. So I'm, yeah, um, I'm going for it this time.
1: Yeah. I, I wasn't even really trying and I almost <laughs> got there. Right. Um. But yeah. So, so I know, I know we were talking about this earlier before we recorded. So I was doing the math um, with why, like this is essentially my reasoning behind why I don't think the Cardinals nor the Yankees for that matter are really in a spot to really compete for the playoffs. Like the hill is just so large. I'm not going to say it's impossible. Um, crazier things have happened. Teams have fallen apart before. Um, but even in that case, like both the Cardinals and the Yankees, there are multiple teams that are between them and the last wildcard spot. There are less in between the Yankees and Oakland than there are St. Louis and San Diego. And the Yankees are closer to Oakland than St. Louis is to San Diego. Um, but I think the math still applies somewhat. I use the Cardinals numbers to, to paint the picture. Um, and I know I talked about it a little bit last week. But <clears throat> so what I jotted down, they're heading into what's likely the second toughest spot of their remaining schedule. Like I said, the next 13 games, it's six against the Giants, seven against the Cubs. Granted, the Cubs have currently lost 10 in a row, but it's still cubs cardinals if there was ever going to be a series that they got up for to try to turn things around, it's going to be against the Cardinals in Chicago heading into the All-Star break. Like, that is going to be a very hard-fought series, knowing that they have four days off after that. They're going to leave it all on the field. You know, even if they've lost 13 in a row by that point. Um, the, the, the part that I would say is the toughest part So from August 30th to the end of the season, the Cardinals play 32 games. 12 of those games are not like 12 of them are against teams that are not currently in the playoffs. And those 12 games are six against Cincinnati and six against the Cubs. Um, So again, Cubs are the Cubs and Cincinnati is also in your division and they're currently 44 and 40. And they've been on, they've been playing very, very good baseball as of late. Um, so they could, like, if the Cardinals are in competition still come these these series, there's a strong possibility so are the Reds. Um, so they will be tough series. So that's 12 of them. The other 20 games are against teams that are currently in the playoffs, and it's, like, Milwaukee, L.A., San Diego, and the Mets. So you're you're playing, like, some of the better teams in baseball in the last month of the season. September does not get... It's not very favorable for the Cardinals at all. Um, So with the win yesterday, Cardinals are 42 and 44, nine games behind Milwaukee for the division who lost to the Mets yesterday, Um, seven and a half games back from the second wildcard spot behind San Diego, who were four games behind the Dodgers. So you are nine games out of the division, but you are 11 and a half games out of the first wildcard spot. So, you're probably looking at the division or the second wildcard spot to be realistically what you're going for. And I say that mainly because they have a ton of games left against Milwaukee and they could still control their own destiny um, in that regard, but you're probably looking at the second wildcard spot realistically. Um, San Diego is 50 and 37 through their first 87 games, win percentage of 575. If they continue to win at that pace, they would finish with roughly 93 wins. So for the Cardinals to finish with 94 wins, they would have to go 52 and 24 for the remainder of the season, which is a win percentage of 684 or the equivalent of winning 110 games in a regular season. (laughs) Seems seems pretty unlikely for the Cardinals. to hard. Over the course of their last, the last stretch.
0: Hey, I can't still can't find it, but you know, the Cardinals are a second half of the year team, dude.
1: You know, yeah, I, you might, just, might they just catch it. You know, so, so realistically, if any of the teams that are currently in the playoffs that have played better than every other team, if they continue to play at the same pace, like if San Francisco continues to have a six, you know, six thirty one win percentage, if LA stays at a six twenty four. Uh, The Mets are at like a 543, you know, playing well above 500. Milwaukee's at just under 600 win percentage. If these teams continue to win at that pace, no one is catching them. Winning at that pace has put them in first place, has put them in the playoffs. If they continue to do that, they're going to continue to be in the playoffs. You don't continue to play good baseball and have other teams catch you. It just doesn't normally work that way. So realistically, you would need to see San Diego or Milwaukee regress. Milwaukee, again, like I said, it's a possibility because the Cardinals have like 10 games against them still. So if you sweep Milwaukee for the rest of the season, then you technically make up 10 games. Um, so that closes that nine-game gap if you tie them everywhere else. Um, so it's outside possibility, not saying it isn't doable. But through this, I was looking at the closest, well, the closest playoff spot, which is San Diego. So if you hope that San Diego regresses and say they just play 500 baseball for the rest of the season. Um, then it would put them, um, so, so for this San Diego plays 500 baseball and the Cardinals managed to surpass the other five teams between them and San Diego. Um, so to throw that out, cause there's always the possibility that San Diego plays 500, but Cincinnati plays 600 baseball the rest of the way out. And the Cardinals never catch them being three games behind them, you know, like that, So I'm throwing that scenario out of the window. Let's just assume the Cardinals pass everybody and they're trying to catch San Diego. If San Diego plays 500, they end up with 88 wins, meaning the Cardinals would have to go 47 and 29, which is still a win percentage of 618 or a 100-win season pace for here on out over their last 78 games. At that win percentage... Through the first half of the season, there are only three teams in the league that have played at that level of baseball: San Francisco, the Dodgers, and Boston. Um, and they've done it over like 84, 83 games, so it's slightly more than what the Cardinals have to do it for. Bottom line, though, like it isn't very easy to play at that level of baseball to win that to win at that rate, because 27 teams in the league have failed to do so. For the first half of this season. Um, and that was with the Cardinals having Jack Flaherty. For for all but a month. And now they're without Flaherty. At least for the month of July. Because he went to the 60 day IL. Um, so I think like the earliest he can come back is like August 10th. Or something like that. Um, it might be earlier than that. But it's it's at least the beginning of August.
0: Yeah, and I mean I don't want to discredit like Jack Flaherty because he was good at the beginning of the year, but he also was getting ungodly run support for sure um, from you know guys that uh, to run times where like other guys weren't getting any run support. Um, it was a pretty up and down team, so put it together in his wins. Definitely rough not to have him. Um And and like I said, but, like
1: it run support definitely directly affects the fact that he went he went eight and one in his start like in the eleven starts he's made so far. I will, like, obviously it doesn't change how well he performs, you know, right. like run support has nothing to do with what he's given up there, but I will say that you're able to challenge guys a little bit more. You're able to pitch comfortably when you're taking the mound in the second inning and you're up six to nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It, it, just yeah, feels it just a little different. He just started the game winning yeah. already. Yeah. Um, you know, but a two point, like 2.90 ERA is, is great. Um, yeah. you know, he was, very minimal in his walks in comparison um, it was like his whip was like 1.03. Um, I think that it was, it was more so that he wasn't really getting hit. Um, Cause like he had 20 walks and 62 innings pitched um, whereas like Wainwright has 27 walks and a hundred innings pitched. Um, so he definitely was walk Like it wasn't like the slowest, are the lowest like walks per nine on the team. Um, But he wasn't really getting hit. I also am unaware because Flaherty hasn't pitched in the new, the new age of baseball that we don't know what he, what he utilized or what we're going to see, which is an amazing segue towards what I want to talk about with the Yankees. That was was unintentional, but
0: well, it is a great segue to talk about your boy. Yeah, so maybe I'll. Hey, how about the, I'll trade you, your boy. <laughs> oh man,
1: free. man, I. Straight great. Man, that's interesting. I actually have to have to think on that. I don't yeah. know if you're being serious, but. Um. Like the worst trade in the world, really, you know. Right. It's definitely not. It would be. It would first definitely be more lateral. First round pick, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> which first round pick of mine do you want, though? I have two of them now trying to get that third trying to get that third first round pick well i mean pitching
0: everyone's looking for an ace
1: yeah could you um, imagine if i had traded Glassnow earlier before he got hurt for a first round pick it would have been pretty nasty yeah and then i would be dealing like especially because
0: Glassnow wasn't i think gonna save like your pitching was really good last week um regardless like i don't think it was gonna save save your season it would have definitely helped but yeah, dude, your uh, your draft picks would have been fucking
1: pretty crazy. Yes. Um, hey, maybe maybe I can get someone to bite on Freeman. Maybe it'll be you. I'll you know as we get closer to the trade deadline, or you know that waiver wire trade deadline, Freeman will yeah. be floated out there. See what's I going mean, on. I mean, hey,
0: I'm watching that game right now, and he's uh, 0 for three. You know, 0 for three. Cool. Just sloping down to the, like the you know maybe a third round pick. <laughs> especially Maybe. if dj who if dj is a first round pick and he plays dj plays more positions so more DJ, versatile dj
1: didn't go just by yeah. himself i don't know so I don't know. but that was the
0: first round pick so, so
1: that right. was the other aspect like that was the first round pick you know
0: so but i understand, what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. i'm just you know negotiating early and often <laughs> yeah there's not nothing wrong with that you know? um, if i continue to say freddie freeman's a third round pick then yeah, the I mean, later I get him not, in the year, he's third-round pick.
1: Yeah. At least he's not striking out. you know. Yeah, I mean, if it gets to a point where I say, like, I lose this it's week trading. and I lose to you, and, like, I lose the first week, I don't know who I'm playing, but, like, the first week we go back to enter division play, because uh, the trade deadline, it's the start of the week following the MLB trade deadline. So that way we have time to see, like, where other players get moved, because it might change their value. Um, Say, like... Freeman gets dealt from Atlanta and now he's, uh, you know, he's with Houston, you know, maybe that adds some value from where he's at now. You know what I mean? Um, or he gets traded to the Yankees, you know, then he's worth less because their team sucks. Um, but so we play, our week will end the 25th. Right, Yeah, this weekend's the 11th, and then it's a week and a half. So, yeah, so our week would on the 25th. So there, so the trade deadline for us will be like rosters locking August 2nd. Um, so it'll be like midnight August 1st will be like our trade deadline. So the end of the day on the 1st. So we would know what would happen, and there would be six weeks left in the regular season. So if I lose to Adam Stow, who's currently tied for first, with the team I play next week being you, if I lose to you two and I lose the week after that, I know I'm probably done for it. At that point, I'm probably on the outside looking in and would need like a miracle to sneak my way into a playoff spot. So it would be advantageous for me to get something for Freeman first, nothing. Um, yeah. So it's possible that that, at that point he does become like, you know, instead of a first round pick or instead of like, a second and an eighth or a second and a ninth. Maybe it's like a third and an 11th round pick, you know, or something because it, he isn't doing anything for me this year. If I feel I'm capable of not coming in last and scoring, because really that like when you sell, that's all you want to try to avoid. Like you don't care about wins and losses anymore. You just don't want to be bottom point score. You don't want your trade to cost you five bucks every week.
0: Oh, well, so. Definitely wouldn't be the worst player on my team right now. My team is currently putting up negative six points on the day.
1: Nice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so those Yankees. Yanks. So, I don't – I am I am hard-pressed. Like, it, I wanted to bash them. I wanted to be very upset with their performance. Yeah. So, so they played – they should have had four games against L.A. One got rained out, so they only played three. And then they played the Mets. Mets um, also awesome. had a rainout. And then one of it got rescheduled as a doubleheader. So they lost two out of three in Bowl Series. Um, Wanted to be mad because we talk about it all the time. The Angels are are a bad team. You know, whatever. They're shitty, this and that. But even with Trout being hurt for as long as he has, they're 42 and 42. Like, they. They have just as good of a record as the Yankees. So, can I be mad that the Yankees are playing 500 and Daniel are playing 500, and the Yankees lost close games to them? Like, is it is it really the end of the world? Um, and then when it I on paper,
0: the team should be good.
1: Yeah, on paper they should be good. And then the two losses that they had were by two runs and by three runs. Um, the two runs it was hard fought back and forth, like. It was three to three, um, or sorry, it was four to three going into the seventh. So the Yankees were right there, competed, lost a close game. Never, never gonna be mad about that. Um, you know, if they're playing competitive. Then the other game was the absolute nightmare performance from Chapman and oh, excuse me, Chapman and company, where the Yankees were up eight to four going into the ninth. And they lost 11-8 to eight in nine innings. It's not even like they tied it and then they, they got blown up in extras. Like, no. And they just let up seven runs in the top of the ninth and lost 11-8. to eight. So if you remove that blow up, you know, nine I would say 95 out of 100 times. the It's probably even higher than that. It's probably, it's probably like 99% of the time the Yankees win that game up by four in the ninth. I imagine, like, in the history of baseball – being down by four runs in the ninth inning or later, like in, your, or being down by four runs in your final at bat, it's probably 99% of the te- time that team loses. So yes, it is frustrating, but it is a rarity. The Yankees put themselves in a great place. Um, it could have been worse. They could have been, you know, like other teams like Chicago that scored seven runs in the top of the first that day. And lost. I mean, the Yankees also scored seven runs in the bottom of the first, but they also gave up two runs in the top of the first. So they're only up by five after the first inning, and they lost by three. That was bad. Um, That was bad. Yeah, Chicago Chicago was up seven to nothing after the top of the first, and they lost 15 to seven. Um, And then I think that was also the the Mets versus Atlanta. The Mets scored two runs in the top of the first, and then they lost 20 to two. Um, So it got kind of overshadowed. Uh, Tampa Bay also gave up 15 runs that day. Uh, the Phillies gave up 11 runs that day. So baseball was just high scoring. The Cardinals scored seven runs. Um, you know, Detroit scored nine runs in one game of a doubleheader, seven in the other. Uh, Seattle-Toronto was a 9-7 final. Like, baseball just put up a bunch of runs. The White Sox scored 13 runs that day. It was a high-scoring day for baseball. So... Except yeah. for I don't think the Cardinals put up. Do we even play that day? Yeah, they they beat oh, so her ML... seven to four. Oh, okay, so they were part of it.
0: It yeah. so was the day M L B they put up like over two hundred runs in the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So so shit happens, whatever. Yes, it's a bad loss, but you you were it it shouldn't have happened. You put yourself in a position to win whatever. So then you go into the Met series and you have Kind of more of the same. So the first game, um, it just fell apart in the middle innings. They gave up three in the fifth, five in the sixth. I think that was the Montgomery game. Um, and it was Taiwan Walker, who I wanted the Yankees to sign, but they didn't listen to me. It's the one piece they missed. You know, went five and two thirds, gave up two hits, two walks, gave up a home run. That's when they pulled him, I think. I think he gave up a home run. And then, like, walked a guy and they pulled him so he couldn't get out of the sixth. But it w- was fine. Um, Wilson, coming back from injury, just doesn't really look healthy. Didn't re- didn't get an out. Gave up five runs. Um, so it was, you know, three to nothing at the point that he imploded. And then the Yankees scored three runs. So it wasn't really close to that game. But the the middle relief for the Yankees we knew was a problem. Um, fast forward Sunday, you have a double header. Yankees are up five to four going into the top of the seventh final inning. In comes Chapman. Mets put up six runs in the top of the seventh. Another implosion. Um, and this was, uh, not all on Chapman, but a lot on Chapman. Um, Chapman came in, uh, gave up the tying home run to Pete Alonso to start the inning, like first batter. So that tied it, but then he proceeded to uh, walk a guy. um, And I think he hit a batter and then one, and he didn't get an out, didn't retire a single guy. Um, And then Lucas Lucky came in. He gave up four hits um, and allowed, you know, three more runs um so then it was just out of hand so they took a bad loss there um and then the second game of the doubleheader they were up (laughs) uh cortez pitched like three and a third just like a long reliever he started um oday got the final two outs of the fourth and then they gave it to chad green And in a game where it was four to two, so it was three to two when green came into the game, the Yankees scored a run in the bottom of the fifth, but green pitched the fifth, sixth, and seventh. Like they didn't go to Chapman. They didn't go to like any of the other normal guys like lucky. None of those guys didn't go to him. They just let green ride it out. And he pitched three innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, six strikeouts. And the top of the seventh it was three strikeouts on nine pitches for an immaculate inning. Um, which is like more rare than a perfect game in the history of baseball. Um, and it's the second immaculate inning that the Yankees have had this year. And they've turned like three triple plays. So it's been it's been fun in that regard. But again, so if they didn't if the bullpen didn't implode in the last game against LA and in the first game of that doubleheader, well now the Yankees are four and two last week and they took two out of three in both series and they're are three and a half games out of a wild card spot instead of five and a half games behind Oakland for a wild card spot. So it's like, I want to be mad because they aren't winning a ton, but it's like these weird one-offs. Well, I can't, I guess I can't call it a one-off because it happened twice in a week, <laughs> but, but something's going on with Chapman and obviously Cole has had his struggles. And so that's why I said that, like the sticky substance stuff or like what, not knowing what slarity looks like post crackdown is relevant or a good segue, because obviously we've heard it time and time again, that everyone's talking about like Garrett Cole's spin rate being way down um, with where, you know, from where things are at. And it, it is like, it's, it's one of the more significant changes from Pre crackdown to post crackdown and spin rate. Oh. Um, I think the. I mean, I don't know. Trevor Bauer's spin rate's like a zero right now, so. Yeah. True. Um. Well, he's spinning that story. But, yeah, dude, he's spinning spinning stories. But I'm uh, saying, you know, I was,
0: make sure you know your boy's spin rate's not the worst spin rate. For, for sure,
1: one of one of the <laughs> most
0: significant,
1: yes, but not the most significant, but one of the most significant. But, <clears throat> so. So, in in hearing out, like, Cole, like, everyone had things to say about, like, him kind of dodging the question when they were like, do you use a sticky substance? And he was like, I don't really know how to answer that. Because, and I I feel like, and so, to everyone, like, media-wise is saying, like, oh, dodge the question. Clearly, he did this. This guy probably invented spider tack. That's how everyone treats it. In my opinion, what it was, because there was more to it, where he said that, like, there were tips and tricks and secrets and whatever you want to call them, you know, habits from pitchers passed down from one generation to another. And it was never anything that was worried about before. So like glass now talked about with rosin and sunscreen, um, Wainwright, you know, utilizing other substances. I don't think Wainwright used spider tack. Like he said, it was too sticky. That doesn't mean he didn't use rosin and sunscreen. doesn't mean that he didn't use pine tar and something, Like, there might have been something out there that was helping him, aiding him in some way. So, with Cole, maybe it was spin rate. Less spin rate means less movement. Less movement means less swing and miss stuff. And his swing and miss rate is significantly lower than what it was. It's also June and July. It's hotter. You're sweaty more. Like, when you have slicker hands, it's harder to grip the ball. Your control isn't what it is. You aren't gripping as tightly, so you're not spinning it as much. Like there's plenty of factors that could be into why he's struggling yep. at this point in time. But
0: has he had this problem in hot weather
1: before? Is this like a Is this a oh when Garrett Cole gets a little sweaty, he loses it a little bit? So he struggled at the beginning of last year, which started in July. Um, and I remember I know we talked about like his first eleven starts have notoriously been worse than what happens after that typically those 11 starts would lead into because this year started a little a little earlier than normal or a little later Eh, i mean he probably saw 11 starts earlier in the year this year because the yankees were utilizing him in situations instead of it being every fifth start uh, it was like every fifth day he would pitch so if they had off days he would like he might jump in front of somebody's turn in the rotation and push right. back other people's starts. So he probably yeah, got to been, 11. Have been like yeah. Yeah. So he probably got to 11 starts quicker this year than in most cases. So normally that 11 starts would probably put you like close to end of June. Figure it's about four to five starts in a month, about one a week, the occasional two start week. Um, so it's about four or five in a month. So figure April, May, it would put you into like mid-June would be where it would start to turn. So I guess historically, no. But there's also a difference of hit going from, well, we're cracking down on spider tack to the point where you can use absolutely nothing. So the spin rate is down even more because he has to relearn how to pitch with just Rosin. So yeah. this year might be rough, but in an off season where he has an opportunity, like these are the rules, this is what I can, and can't use, this is what's being enforced, this is what I'm allowed to do, this is where it's at. So there was an article that I was reading, so in his last start, which was against the Mets, and he got shellacked, or maybe it's the Angels, I don't know, this was last week, he got whooped up on. It was the Mets. Um, But they were saying that typically he would go to his hat, fairly often but in this outing which was his shortest shortest outing as a yankee in three and a third innings he went to the rosin bag eight times so clearly he's trying to dry out his hand so yeah he hasn't had this problem but he's also probably utilized like if he had sunscreen on or something like that and he can't have that now because even if you don't have it on your your glove, your head, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't know what they would do if you have like sunscreen on your arm. Like, are you allowed to protect yourself from that, or are you concerned that you're going to get ejected because it was well, I think... on your arm? Then it got on the glove because it was like it was on your arm. Now it's on your hand. Yeah. Then it's inside yeah, it sweated your glove. it down. Yeah, yeah. Now it's inside your glove. Then they inspect your glove. Now you your, can glove. Put in this in looks, your hand. This looks sticky. We're going to eject you because yep. um, like what happened with the guy from Seattle and. There have been talks of that, that there was never even testing done on the glove or anything like that. They didn't send it to anyone, whatever. Like, the umpire made the call, and that was all that happened. He got suspended for 10 games. So if there's no lab testing or anything going into it, then the only way to protect yourself is to just do nothing. Like, I'm going to have absolutely nothing on me, because if anything comes up, I'm getting suspended for 10 games, And that's going to devastate my team. Like, I can't do that. So I think that that has a portion to do with it. Like, do I think he was using something to assist him? Yes. But I also feel confident that 60 to 70% of Major League starters were. I think the bigger tell is Chapman. Chapman's spin rate has changed not at all. But both hitters and pitchers talked about that removing some of the substance that they have or removing all of it altogether is going to result in there being less control. So Chapman doesn't throw any less hard, he's not throwing with any less spin rate, but he cannot throw a strike to save his life. Like he's yeah. missing the strike zone way more often than what he was before. Walking guys and he's had this happen before. Maybe it's just in coincidence that it it happens. Offense typically goes up as the months get warmer. I think guys get tired faster because it's hotter on field level. So they tire themselves out. So there are arm dips. Like there are just other things that historically this will happen. It just also coincides with this. I think the worst thing that baseball could have done was make this adjustment mid season. Like, like it's so hard to tell where it's at now. Um, and mainly, like, my thoughts on why I don't necessarily believe it's that big of a difference is that everyone's only bitching about it now, and I think we got into this a little bit on an earlier episode, but, like, no one bitched about it in 2019 when there was record home runs being hit. No one was talking about spider Tech then. So, like, if this has been around for years, did spider Tech just get invented? Like, when they were talking about... Bubba Harkins like he was saying he's been doing this for years and years like it was like Troy Percival is who taught him how to make it like this is like 10 years ago that he started utilizing doing this stuff and giving it to people um it was and I can like uh, sorry like the
0: like to back to your point of like they didn't they should have just waited till the end of the season like take the NFL like the NFL is never going to do anything to like harm their image so if there's something that came up in the NFL mid-season and they were like, hey, we're going to make an adjustment, they would have probably had the foresight to go, we're not going to make this mid-season. And then all anyone's ever going to talk about is cheating, pitchers being bad. Like m- most of these guys, pitchers in the league are some of the highest paid players right now. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to focus on them quickly. So it would have just been so easy for them to in the off-season to be like, hey, we really will enforce this. Here's our enforcement on it. And kinda quietly under the radar do it and be like, you know, I'd suggest learning how to pitch through the off season without anything. You know? And instead they just shoot themselves in the foot and let themselves look ridiculous. Um, because, dude, watching especially a Yankees broadcast, and I've been watching a lot more games with the MLB TV thing, but the the, the Yankees broadcast or whoever the team is facing the Yankees, it is just like I thought it was going to be that one game where me and you were like, "Are all they going to talk about is like Gerrit Cole's spin rate?" But man, if he's on the mound, the fans might as well be heckling him, you
1: know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it's like. <clears throat> I, I understand that it seemed like it was like this significant level that it's like oh it's the year of the no-no um yeah like there's all these no hitters that have been thrown um, offense is way down all this and that but like cool like so so change up like you're you're testing other things to see like what difference it makes in the game so why not do the same thing like hey we want to see what the impact of this is. So, like, we want you guys. Like, we're gonna legalize spider tack in this lo- high A league, you know, and like in are in low A East and low A are, you know, whatever. And this we're gonna say you can, and this we're gonna say you have to go cold turkey and pitch without it. And we want to see like what happens for injuries, what happens to statistics, like. What do these guys look like? Like understand that this is where it's at. It's going to be this short time frame, or you know, have a developmental league that like you just like that's uh, you know. So you take the minor league teams out of it. Like you just got rid of a whole bunch of teams. So just create this other like, hey, we need. Um, we're going to put together like a you know a Cape Cod league like the Arizona Fall League, some equivalent there that they can say, like, hey, this is going to be full. On. Like, we're going to test anything and everything that we want to do, and this is going to be the grounds that we're going to do it. Like, we're going to try aluminum bats. Like, you, we're not at risk of hurting anyone that matters to any team, so the owners don't need to sign off on anything because this is just something, like, that these teams get paid by MLB, whatever. Like, the company makes enough money that they could do this and have it be very low risk to the organization's but have real life data to fall back on for this stuff. Um, Cause again, like everyone talks about like launch angle. Everyone's talking about um, the shift. These things all make a difference and to how effective teams are being like, you're going to tell me that going in, like you're the concerns that teams have of like, all right, well, Spider Tech must be a thing because, you know, all these guys are, are having these ridiculous spin rates. Um, Cole and Bauer and DeGrom and when well, It's just impossible to hit these guys. But none of them had anything to do with the no-hitters that have been thrown. Like Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, John Means, Wade Miley, Spencer Turnbull, Corey Kluber, and then the Cubs combination of their no-hitter. Uh, Zach Davies, Ryan Tapera, Andrew Schaafen, and Craig Kimbrell. None of those names are anyone that anyone has talked about when it comes to spin rate. So if there are pitchers that you're not concerned about that are legitimately shutting down an offense for an entire day, maybe that isn't the problem with, with what's going on in baseball if offense is what you're worried about. Like teams just have an approach and pitchers adjusted to it. Pitchers that are finding success at a very high level are guys that are power pitchers that'll throw up in the zone. Degrom, Bauer, Cole, because you're trying to elevate a fastball that's 99 at, at the chest, you aren't going to catch up to it. It's like that. That to me is the difference. Um, the, like, it, it just—it's so amazing to me. How separated baseball in and itself is at so many different levels. Yeah. Players from or from owners, the commissioner from doing what's right for the league, pitchers to position players. Because in 2019 all you heard anyone bitch about was pitcher saying the ball's juiced. Like lazy pop flies would end up being home runs because the ball's juiced. Yeah. We're giving up home runs at this ridiculous rate, balls juiced. Okay, well, if they're if they're going to juice the ball, like, I need to have you guys not make contact. So now I'm forced to do something to alter my state of play because you guys changed the equipment. Well, then it's also, well, the ball got deadened. Well, they and the MLB did this intentionally. Well, and then there's spider tech, and that's why numbers are down. So pitchers are cheating, the ball's dead, and the MLB's out to get us. That's why we can't hit anymore. Like, I get we broke records in 2019, and I get that, like, the pandemic probably, you know – it, it made 2020 not give us any valuable data to what was happening in the league. But now here we are, like, you know, we, there were, like, 5,700 home runs hit in 2019. It's, like, more than any other than any other league or any other season in baseball. But the second most home runs in a, in a single season, it's not 2018. It was, like, 2007. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, what happened back then? Well, fucking steroids happened back then. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Cool. So you gotta throw that number out the window. Well, what are we gonna do? Throw this number out the window because a spider attack? Like it's just so ridiculous to me. Like, so I I think that that baseball A shouldn't have made a different Shouldn't have made a change to anything in the regular season. They should continue to enforce it. Like, hey, this like we're not gonna do these additional checks. Like if you have something on your glove or whatever, we're you know, we're going to treat it the same way. We always have, you know, so be it. Um, But it's just like, all right, like, cool. Now, now we're changing this. You got to learn this on the fly. So I, I think Cole will be fine. I think Cole will figure it out. Um, I hope that everyone just stays healthy. Like in the no hitters, like Kluber went on the IL for a significant time from after that. Like he probably, he may not even be back this year. Um, John Means has been on the IL since early June, so it's about a month after he threw his no-hitter. He went on the IL, and it's been a month. Like he'll hopefully be back after the All-Star break. Um, so was it worth it? Did it really matter? Yes. Spencer Turnbull, IL. Yeah. Um, I think Wade Miley spent time on the IL. I think Carlos Rodon spent time on the IL. Um, Joe Musgrove, he got rocked the other day against Cincinnati, or against Washington. He got five runs in the first spider Tack. You know, he doesn't have it. Spin rates down. Yeah. Must be a cheater. You know? So it, it's just so crazy. I think that it shows more for Chapman than it does for Cole. Um, because it, it could just be that like Cole is tired. Like maybe he's just dealing with that arm or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I it mean, could... I think it's probably a combination of everything in, um i mean whether he was using it or whatever like i view this like i kind of like how you said it earlier or just like steroids like people are going to be so up in arms because it like sounds like the player was cheating but even in steroids everyone on the field knew who was doing it and who wasn't doing it it's like between a players and coaches thing like baseball didn't care about it until they cared about it and that's not really fair for players to be like hey we have this accepted reality and then tomorrow we don't
1: right you know like like, hey
0: i get it that it's not written in the rules and you should just play by the rules understood but like when there is a uh when there, and in baseball we know this because tony rose has showed us there's unwritten rules in baseball Mm-hmm. They are followed by many. It's a code of conduct, pretty much, because baseball has, you know, yeah, they've uh they've ruled themselves, but maybe not always great. And you know, it's so old school, but it's just not the uh, pitcher's fault for, especially the current day pitchers. You know, they didn't start this. They were handed like like uh, said, they were handed this down. What were they going to do when they were, you know, some of these kids were 20, 21, 22, you know, and they have, you know, old school, you know, maybe, you know, a Chris Carpenter like, hey, we're going to use this a little bit and this is going to help you out. Not a big deal. Everyone uses it. You know, it's like getting asked if you want to smoke your first cigarette. You know, not a big deal. Everyone's doing it. Look how cool we are, you know, like, it, it shouldn't force you to do it, but yeah, I'm not going to sit here and be like, because uh, the next conversation is if Garrett Cole still finishes his career and be great. Like, are we going to talk about like pitchers that like might have used spider tech? Like can't like, are we going to question their hall of fame eligibility? Like, um, right. it, it could get, it could get real wild, you know? So,
1: yeah. I mean, as, as Reyes utilizing spider tech, I, the, the big three from the Cardinals have been significantly worse in June. Yeah. you know is it is it like well it just is it just spin rate is that the only thing it's relevant to you because position players and pitchers have both said that control is an issue um were the cardinals well, aware that this is going to happen and they cut they quit cold turkey at the beginning of the year and that's why their walk rate is so high compared to every other team
0: so it's funny so this article actually by uh uh pinstripe Alley, uh it read about the yankees assuming you've read about, it, know about it or whatever, but they have a uh, article called MLB should adopt the Japanese style baseball. So just the pre tack baseball, but they make a point in here where it's like, you know, even, even, you know, pitchers and hitters, you know, they hitters want more control too. But when you look at it over the last 10 years, there's been a 38% rise in hit by pitchers. So even the, despite, like we've been using this controlled substance forever, like that hasn't stopped people from getting yeah. hit. Like they're getting hit. <laughs> more now since the the crackdown
1: yeah since the crackdown the hit by pitch rate has gone down
0: yeah so maybe it's that has you know maybe it's the reverse maybe we should look at you know the previous or 10 years if we know there's a 30 percent rise in hit by pitches in the last 10 years you know right maybe the doctoring is the stuff since you know baseball didn't control the substance they there was maybe this was the research to see what it would do in these past you know 10 years but
1: yeah like if if spin rate equals movement, well now your two seamer moves an extra three inches. Well, that's in, yeah. Yeah. That instead of it being at the corner of the plate or just off the plate, you're hitting a guy in the hip. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And a lot of people get hit in the hips and back. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so maybe there, there is a point to it. Um, yeah. Like, so for me, my thoughts on it are, it sounds cheating because it's treated like there's these mad alchemists. Coming up with these crazy <laughs> concoctions to generate tackiness, rosin spin and sunscreen, spitball, right. you know, using an
0: advanced analytic terms, spin rate, yeah. and all this crap. It's <laughs>
1: like so yeah. it just—it sounds like they're cheating. Like that—that's what I think the issue is. If rosin was just tackier, and it—it it was made with a different substance, like if they had, man, so so rosin and sunscreen. Let's say that uh, MLB did research into figuring out what combination, like a uh, substance that is created by that, and then MLB patented, like patented it and called it like Pitch Grip, and then they made Pitch Grip a legalized substance to be able to be utilized to help grip your pitches. This would be a non-issue, non-factor. So if MLB just would have handled this properly and either always enforced the rule as it was written or policed it properly, you'd be in a completely different situation. Is spider Tack too far? Sure. But if Rosin isn't crossing the line, what is Rosin and sunscreen? What difference does Rosin and sunscreen make? Is it night and day? Or were you like, we need to stop spider Tack, so the only way we can do that is by cutting out everything, because we don't know enough. The Bullshit you don't know enough. If you don't know enough, then make no changes and say that, that like this is what we're doing this is what we're analyzing like we're going to continue to take hats from players we're going to continue to confiscate gloves you know this is what's going to happen like um it, it also made me think that like uh hearing a story from one of the yankee broadcasts i was watching david Cohn was talking about roger clemens um so Roger Clemens would change his undershirt, his jersey, and his hat, and his glove every inning because he wanted to have a fresh jersey, fresh hat, and a fresh glove, and he would sweat profusely through everything. So did you did you want to change it every inning because you sweat through it, or did you want it to be where like no one would notice if your hat looked different? because in this inning you were facing the three, four, five hitters in a one run game and you needed a little something extra on the bill of your cap. Right. You know, like, so, so what's to happen now? Like I get that there's a chance, but they don't check every inning starting pitchers only get checked. You know, um, I think it's like once guaranteed. And then I think it's like, they get checked a second time. If they pitch like, past the fifth inning or something like that. And then relief pitchers are checked just the once. And it's whenever they're um, being pulled from the game or whenever they complete their first inning. Well, so if, if they're only going to get checked when they complete their first inning, if you have Genesis Cabrera or Chad green come into a game, get one out, get checked, put a substance inside their glove and then go back out and pitch a second inning. How does anyone know? No one's checking that.
0: Yeah, and if a coach calls it out, like you're going to get treated like old oh boy, you know, and um, be like, why are you calling people out?
1: Yeah, know? Girardi.
0: Uh, yeah, 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 Girardi. Yeah, I Girardi. want you to check his it hair. team's losing a million games, so yeah, yeah we're checking I want day. him to
1: check his hair. Right, <laughs> <Bryce Harper. laughs> Yeah, I want him to check his hair. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. And I get it's a very... I am understanding that it is a very hard spot to be in. It is a very sticky situation for the MLB. Um, I and felt, it, it felt bad saying that, <laughs> but <laughs> not, not great. It's not great. Um, <clears throat> but I think you, you just have to own that. Like you just like the only people that are going to demand transparency are your fans. And really at the end of the day, like you've done so many things to just scream, fuck those guys anyway. What does it matter if it's just one more, you know, just come out and say that like, Hey, we aren't like to the players union. We want to stop this. We understand it is a problem. We need the help of all of you guys. We are like, if you see something, say something, you know, like if you're, if you're utilizing something like come forward, zero punishments, just be honest with us. What are you utilizing? What substance are you like? do you utilize to help create spin rate and grip on your pitches? Where are you getting it from? Like, I get that it sounds like the cop's asking, where do you buy your drugs? Like, maybe you don't want to narc on a guy, but shit, you already have to believe the MLB isn't going to punish anybody. They literally found out that the Astros cheated their way to a World Series and did jack shit about it. They fucking fired three guys for a year. All of them but one are back in the MLB. Like... Yep. No one even cares. No one gives nope. a shit, except the fans who boo the Houston Astros no matter right. what they Right, and they, the, the, the the terrible Yankees fans that still scream "Fuck Altuve." Like it was cool, like the first game, but just move on. Be done with it. Like talk shit and rub it in their faces. Like their team's still winning games and they're winning the West. We're barely above 500. Just shut up. Right. They have, pick they your have battles. Four player's going to the All Star game. Yeah, you pick know? your battles, bro. Like they're <laughs> doing that without Bregman. They have a an they have an entire rotation of, who's that outside of Grunky really, and they're killing it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Look. We Garcia, took we Frambo took their Valdes. best pitcher right now, but yeah, we took their best pitcher, and their second best pitcher. Yeah, their second best pitcher was hurt, and their rotation is still significantly better than the Yankees. <laughs> um, yes. So pick your battles, man. Like don't yeah don't be that guy. It's like. Uh, I had a meeting with, with Jack from work the other day, um, who, who works in the Boston area. He's a Red Sox fan for, for those listeners tuning in. And, uh, he was like, do you have a minute to talk? And my reply was like, yeah, I'm free right now, actually, but I won't talk to you about baseball. <laughs> like, I just don't want to talk baseball with you. Cause I have nothing to say. And the Red Sox are six and zero against the Yankees this year. So I just want to avoid that conversation. Like, could I talk shit on the Red Sox? Sure. Is it weird that they're now the best team in in baseball now that Cora's back in office? Sure. Weird. It, it it's odd. <laughs> weird. Yeah. It, it looks real bad. Um, are <laughs> they are they doing great at home? Yep. They're also doing great anyone, on the road. Yeah. Anyone got it? Anyone got an Apple Watch on? Yeah. Probably i don't know they probably got buzzers inside their legs or something
0: well you know like uh they make shoes that connect to apps on your phone you know so
1: yeah like they, they could just in your in your cleat sure yeah that's what like so yeah we don't hear the banging of trash cans but no one talked about 2019 when there was the alleged buzzers on their bodies and you know the same chick, uh, Carlos Beltran's niece or whatever it was, the same one that came out and said that they were using trash cans in 2017, that said that they had devices in 2019, and right. Altuve, like, didn't want his shirt to be ripped off of him. He wanted to run in and change. Yeah. He ran into the dugout and his changed wife. his shirt because of his wife. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, man. What you have on under your shirt, bro? Like, so, and MLB didn't do anything. MLB didn't punish Boston really either. Like, no one even got fired in the Boston scenario. Like, the only person that they would have went after was Cora. And he was already fired. Because of Houston. Like, oh, he just took his roadshow to Boston. And then they were like, well, shit, Cora's not here anymore. We lost to Boston in the playoffs in 2018. We better up our game. What are we going to do what, what are we going to do to figure this out? Hey, you know what? You know what Cora doesn't know? Electronic devices. <laughs> and they're like, fucking brilliant. Jeff Lunau, you're a genius. You don't know how to change your password. But we're going to blame this all on you as a scapegoat. And it worked like a charm. Astros got their championship. They should have had a second one, but, uh, I guess the devices got crossed up and they uh, didn't work in DC. The government has, uh, a, a strict, no, no electronic device buzzing policy in the yep. DC area as a safety no precaution. Five, so no five G's. Yeah. The Astros couldn't utilize it on the road. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's interesting. Cause like. When Altuve hit the home run in 2019 off Chapman, um, my brother initially, his initial response to it was he texted me that Altuve hit that like he knew it was coming. And this was before anything came out about the cheating. (laughs) I was like, he did. Like, he waited on that. Like, he, he was looking for it. Which... He's one of the better hitters in the game, so maybe he was. And it was it was a meatball. It was a middle-middle slider. It wasn't a good pitch from Chapman by any means, but still, it's, it's rough to react to a slider like that when you're gearing up for a 103-mile-per-hour fastball. You know, so...
0: Well,
1: they still suck, so... Yeah. But, bottom line... Yankees fans shouldn't be the Astros anymore.
0: Until you guys at least yeah. start winning. Right. You know, so pick and choose your battles, like you said. Right. Exactly. Um, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Definitely but I feel like Yankee. if guy.
1: anyone's going to be that guy, it's going to be someone from New York. though. So, That's fair. You know, yeah, but like, you know, DeGrom, like no one, no one's jumping all over him. Like his shit is still like he he's been lights out still nothing wrong with that um but i I just i don't i don't know i feel like it's like cole and bauer are like the two names that get like wainwright's name also got named by bubba harkins like and no one scrutinizes him the same way that they do cole nobody
0: (laughs) and wainwright was like yeah, I used I used it. It just wasn't for me, you know. Right. And it was like there's People just moved right past it. Like, yeah. all right, cool. Oh, Wainwright, Uncle Charlie. He said that. Nah, not a big. Deal.
1: Yeah, it's like the same shit that like, man, like everyone. Thought, like, <clears throat> I feel like the play to make is just be like, yeah, we, yeah, it happened. Yeah, that that went. We did it. We we dabbled. You know, whatever. Um, because like that's just the MO like across the board. Like you have, um, you know, guys like Clemens and Maguire and bonds that were like, Nope, I didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about. I never did that. You know, nah, wasn't me. God, that, that test is wrong. That report's wrong. People bash them still to this day. The I misremembered, um, from Clemens. Just, you sound like an idiot. Stop. But Pettit was like, "Yep, I did. I used HTH. Like I shouldn't have, but I did. I apologize to the game for it. Sorry. Move move on about it." Yep. When people talk about steroids, like Andy and pitchers, Andy Pettit's name rarely gets brought up. Rarely gets brought up. Um,
0: yeah, and I mean, really, in the history of guys who've admitted they've cheated with steroids like quickly i don't think it's been that many but like you don't really remember who those are you you remember the ones that are staunchly like not me no way Nope. nope couldn't be me not today and you're like well yeah it's you everyone knows it's you so just like stop saying it's not you and just so, the more open you are about it, the people yeah, tend to like, forget it. And I don't think anyone said they're not doing it, especially with this. Like, steroids, they were saying it. But, um, you know, no one's come out and been like, really, except Wainwright. Like, nope, I tried it. It was just this, you know. Now, is he using something else? Probably. He also is not, like, throwing that hard. Well, Maybe, like, 12-6. And, and Glass
1: now said that he utilizes sunscreen and rosin.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, he said he used sunscreen and rosin after he got hurt. Correct?
1: No, no, no. He, he, he so, yeah. So, and and it was the first start that he made after the crackdown. Yeah. And he was like, he's like, I switched, or he was like, I moved from sunscreen and rosin to, um, or yeah. So it was like he quit like cold turkey, like when he he caught wind of it. That is going to happen. So it was like his, it was like one start. He's like, I just stopped using it altogether. Like I just, I moved to Strictly Rosin. He's like, and this, he's like, and after I pitched that, it was like against Washington or whatever. And he's like, after, after that start, he's like, the next day, he's like, I had muscles hurt that I didn't even know I had. And this is what it was. And then that's where he feels like the reason for his injury was purely related to the grip that, like, him having to dig in so hard to be able to hold on to the ball. And he was openly like, I have big hands, so I'm not worried about spin rate. Like, my spin rate's been fine. It was a grip on the ball and a feel for the ball. You know, he's like, but... He's like, most of the time, he's like, I couldn't even feel the ball in my fingers. He's like, it just wasn't. He's like, I had to grip so hard. And he thinks, and he said that that led to him tearing the ligament. Now, I believe he also has already had Tommy John in his uh, surgery in his career, so... I think once a ligament is damaged with scar tissue and stuff like that, it's probably easier to re-injure. Um, right. But I know a lot of times, typically you only need to have one Tommy John surgery. Um, and it's usually pretty good. It's so, like, it's usually like Tommy John is an indication of some other underlying issue that wasn't diagnosed properly or wasn't caught until it was too late. Um But he said, like, he didn't feel a pop or anything like that, which is what he experienced um, previously when he had to have it. Um, And I think that they were, like, surprised to find that it was, like, a partial tear. So, but either way, like, even, like, the Ryan Braun situation. Like, most people, when you think, like, when you talk about Ryan Braun with steroids, like all like more people take issue with the fact that like he drugged the testers name through the mud and like, you know, played victim when yeah, he knew what way. he was doing. Like, so he came out, like if he just would have taken the suspension and been done with it, like, you know, Robinson Cano, no one, no one talks about him, you know, like he tested positive and he just served a suspension and went on about his day. Um, uh, like, he got popped again, pretty sure. Um, that's why he's but out this
0: not out here talking about Robinson Cano.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out here talking about it's less sticky, you know, because yeah. that's the reason why the Twins suck is, you know, they fell off the face of the earth. So it must not be that we're worse. It's that everybody else is cheating now. Like, we should be the best team in baseball. Um, sure. All right, Josh Donaldson. So, yeah, it, it's just I, – I think MLB mishandled it. Not saying that the, that a crackdown or change wasn't needed. I just don't think you make it mid-season. Um, you know, granted, maybe I only feel that way because I think that it's probably – it has noticeably impacted the Yankees far more than any other team because it has led to significant downfalls for two pitchers. Or I, I guess it hasn't led to, but it has coincided with our like their ace pitcher really falling from grace and Chapman imploding and it now being you know, it it have costing them two losses recently, um, in like the you know, few weeks since this has been going on. I mean, the crackdown only happened like three weeks ago. And I think Chapman's had like four bad outings since then. Um, So it just, it isn't, it's not great. But, you know, everyone was saying that like Chapman should have, you know, how much could you trust Chapman to begin with anyway? uh, After the last couple seasons, you know, Zaki's been lights out his entire career. So is it, is it this? Or is he just in one of his stints where he's, pitching terribly and he's gotta figure out what he's doing wrong with his mechanics. You know, it's not like I mean shit, look at Rick Ankiel. Like he was a stud and then he lost it in the postseason and this was never the same again. Um was that Spider Tech? You know, was he on steroids and then he wasn't? Maybe. Like or or is it just one of those things? Like he just got the yips. You know, so maybe it's just in Cole's head. Maybe Cole knows he wasn't cheating. Maybe Cole wasn't using anything. And it isn't a problem. But it's so in his head, like, he just isn't mentally there. Like, oh, man, like, everyone's scrutinizing literally everything I did. I wonder what my spin rate was on that pitch. You know, oh, that felt lost. That felt worse. Um, you know, maybe baseball messed with the – or MLB messed with the baseballs again, and they're slicker now than what they were. And they're like, we just want to prove to people that it wasn't us. The the players were cheating. It wasn't, we didn't deaden the ball. You know, like maybe, maybe that's going on. Like same ball. We've never doctored the ball. I don't know why everyone blames us. The pitchers were cheating. Home runs last year were because players were using steroids. (laughs) Like, okay, MLB. Ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and be, you know, take credit for something you messed up, you know? Yeah. just Or at least just, at least work together with right. your own people. Like, exactly. don't have, like, people like us, the media, talking about how trash you are.
1: Yeah, like, don't. And we're, and don't let we're us not even that popular it. media, but we're out here talking about how
0: trash you are.
1: Right. Just don't, don't let your fan base drive the narrative. Like, they, like... Yes, they are the reason why your sport is, is a success. So I'm not saying don't take care of them. But take care of them in other manners of, in which it matters. Like, you weren't, like, the sport wasn't going to die if it came out and, like, oh, steroids is a thing. Like, there, sure, there are probably people that are, like, fucking steroids, a bunch of cheaters, whatever, you know, um, performance enhancing drugs, this Baseball's so impure now. Whatever, you know. It's like, oh well, what, what, what did you watch? Like, was it, you know, Mickey Mantle, you know, and just drinking whiskey till he couldn't feel his hip. You know, like, is that, is that okay? You know, players just being drunk in the dugout, uh, smoking Illy. cigars in the dugout. Like, was that fine? Um, you know, Daryl Strawberry and his lovely cocaine habits. Was that not performance enhancing? um pitchers that like have openly admitted that they they pitch games like on LSD um is that not performance enhancing like if you if you're able to pitch through the pain because you've taken something to allow you to get through that is that pre- enhancing your performance because you can pitch more effectively because you don't feel pain so if like you're all yeah. hopped up on oxy does that is that performance enhancing
0: Or, like, microdosing, like, psychedelics, like, mushrooms or something. Like, it's really supposed to, like, relax you and, like, free your mind. So, like, in stressful situations, like, you could just feel, like, super cool, calm, and collective. And it really have no, like bad impact on like decisions you're making or anything like that. Right. Like There's Um, no
1: unicorns um, in center field.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, it's like, you're literally just getting this like body high, great feeling out of it. You're happy. Go lucky. Like, Oh cool. I let up a run. No big deal guys. You know, like not super hippie dippy ish, but like, you know, like where, but Oh man, it's a a three,
1: two count. And this, this crowd is so loud. You know, I need to clear the mechanism. Well, good thing I don't even have a mechanism today because I microdosed. Yeah. You know, like, yep. um, I go back like the perfect example I have of it. Um, so this was mid 2010s. The Pirates and the Reds were playing in the one-game wild card, and it was in Pittsburgh. And Johnny Cueto was pitching for Cincinnati, and the crowd like it was close game. Uh, it was big at bat. Crowd was getting into it. Quato uh, goes to like come set and he dropped the ball on the mound. Place erupts even louder. Like you thought it was like as loud as it could be. It turns up to 11. Next pitch, Quato gives up a home run. If you're going to tell me that mentally there wasn't something going on there, that his head was elsewhere, that he did something as nonchalant as dropping the ball while just trying to hold on to it because his mind wandered and the stadium chimed in onto that. Like if you're gonna say that that didn't play a part, you know, you're crazy. So to to be able to take a substance of sorts that allows you to downplay that I, I think for sure is, you know, could easily be a performance enhancing drug. You know, it allows you to perform better. It allows you to enhance your performance and it is a drug. So those are the things that took place in the, the old days, but that's so much worse or so much better than steroids. Um, do I think that there was a place for steroids? No. Like, were they good for the game? No, Um, mainly because they aren't good for anyone's health, like they're, you know, for and and the way that they were taking them, not to say that like steroids in general don't have positive side effects in in the medical world, but people were abusing them. Right. And the way that they were taking them, they weren't good. And then you get the college kids that are trying to make it and they're like, well, I need to be able to mash some runs. I need to be the next the next Jeff Bagwell, the next. Mark McGuire, the next team he it's uh, trying so to get ripped. So he's taking steroids at a, you know, when he's 18 years old, you know, out of high school, or he's trying to get that scholarship to a D1 school. So he's taking steroids in high school, you know, so he's a 15, 16 year old kid that's putting this shit in his body that really has no idea what he's doing, that just gets it from some ass backwards guy that works at the local gym that just wants to, you know, he thinks big muscles are what the girls want. And he doesn't really know what he's putting in his body. Like there's all kinds of health downside to that, um, that it, it could ruin that kid's life. And like not needing, like not being able to understand like what it does to like your mental state, like roid rage is very much a thing. Um, you know, it's so like if he doesn't know how to handle that or how to come down from something or, you know, just doesn't understand what he's doing to his body. Not only could it harm himself, but like maybe there's a girlfriend or a boyfriend that just says the wrong thing or whatever. And like he hits somebody or he gets super frustrated and he storms off and drives away and he gets into a car accident. Like you're putting other people's lives at risk when you don't know how to mentally handle what it is you're doing to yourself because you can't, you don't know what it is. that's going on. You know, it'd be like just, Hey, take these edibles but just go be by yourself and like you're gonna have no one here you've never experienced this before there's gonna be no one here to like talk you through anything that you're feeling so the first moment that you think something's wrong all you're gonna do is fucking panic (laughs) that's all you're gonna do so it's just like this terrible environment that it instituted because it was viewed that this is what needs to, I, I need to be able to do this to be a professional because this is what the pros do. Um, so I think it was bad in that regard, but you know, really, I guess if it's, if it's monitored, everyone's doing it. Like I don't care if everyone can use spider tech and it's a legal substance. Like I don't, I don't fucking care. Figure it out. Learn how to hit better. I don't know what to tell you. read Yeah. You know, if it, if it mattered so significantly that everything's always the same, why aren't there dimensions to how far the wall has to be back? Why aren't there dimensions to how high the wall is? Like a home, a line drive, home run, in Bush stadium. It's just off the wall and probably a single in Boston. Yeah. You know, is that, is that fair?
0: If you're complaining about like ball movement, maybe like don't swing it like pitches, you know, so far out the fucking zone, like have a little control,
1: like, yeah, it's not. Yeah, like, it's not the end all, be all. That's for sure. Right, like I get that it's it's easy for me to sit where I am and say get good nerd, but at the end of the day, like there are other guys that are hitting. Like if this has been a thing for a long time, like shit. If Sonny and Rosin were around for generations, first ten
0: years of his career, people were probably using this stuff right. or a version of it. What would Barry Bonds' home run numbers, numbers be? Yeah, yeah what would yeah. Barry
1: Bonds' home run numbers be? How many home runs would he have hit when he hit his seventy-three? You know, if people weren't using sticky substances, like if people were just using Rosin, what what would it be at? Yeah, you know, like still not in Hall of Fame, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> true because. But he had to use steroids to combat sticky substances. It's not his fault. He was a victim. <laughs> it would be my new argument. Yeah. For sure. Um So yeah, so so we'll see. I think I think things will will continue to be be over analyzed for the remainder of this season, which will suck. Yeah. Um, what if they'll be talking
0: about it at the, at the All-Star game. Oh, look at the movement. Oh, well, oh man. This, his spin rate in the that All-Star was, game is
1: just, just dropped. That would be so awesome.
0: This is Cole's fifth start in the All-Star game ever, and this is his worst spin rate yeah. game he's ever had. Hey, you know? Josh
1: Donaldson, Shohei Otani, he can hit it. He's a pitcher. Yeah. He can hit it.
0: Yeah. yeah uh, the new Thunder, the Thunderman is uh,
1: Shohei Otani, dude. Yeah
0: whatever his nickname is thunder rainmaker or
1: whatever it is I don't know. um what is this all i just saw an interesting on oh, no, austin riley can you get a hit can we get a hit
0: okay at least that's not negative points uh um, my team is struggle busting today
1: so <clears throat> real quick uh just our power rankings because we talk about them every week give a little update um, Cardinals stayed put on both. Uh, MLB.com, they're still ranked number 20. Uh, CBS Sports, they're ranked 22. Yankees dropped three on both. Uh, MLB.com, they're number 16. CBS Sports, they're number 17. Um, so, all in all, I guess kind of this is probably where we would expect both teams to be kind of at this point, but maybe they go in the other direction. Um, but apparently, so I, I was reading a story while, while I was going through that. So Max Kepler, who's been a stud the last couple of years, um, I had him on my, my fancy team, um, came real close to keeping him, but he had a pretty rough year last year. So apparently he had been wearing this chain or whatever. Um, so... He uh, so I I don't know what like it doesn't say like where he got the chain from or why he was wearing it or whatnot, but he took it off before Monday, before Monday's game. I think that's what they said. Hold on. Um. Yeah, so he said that he banished a chain that, in his words, had bad juju. He said, I haven't been wearing it the last two days, and I believe there's bad juju in it, so I need to get rid of whatever cursed that chain. Uh, Kepler said on Monday night. But apparently banishing a curse looks a little something like three homers in two games for Kepler. (laughs) So he took it off, and he said three home runs in the last two games. I, if I had ever believed that I had a cursed necklace, that would be the reason why. That would be I, it. I yeah. would buy into it, for sure. Throwing it away. Yep, I certainly wouldn't be putting it back on. That's for damn sure. But you early? I just saw that. Uh, oh, that article, home run. Yeah, I, I think the pitching matchups in this series really lined up well for Cardinals with Kim and Wayno both pitching. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see that uh, they're getting some offense. Like I said, like, it could be turning around.
0: I mean, we'll see. We don't want to speak too soon. Yeah.
1: Right. But, like I said, like, they, they swept Arizona. They played four hard fought games against Colorado. Granted, they lost three of them. But they were they were competitive, and then they took the first game from San Francisco, and they're up early tonight. Um, I think Wayno pitches really well with a lead, so I would expect this to hold. Um, but it is only the second inning. Uh, but we'll but we'll see. Um, so yeah, so so last thoughts, I guess. Um, we have our week coming up next next week, so we there will be no fantasy or anything monday through thursday i think mm-hmm. it might be monday through wednesday i don't know
0: i think it's the cardinals don't play on thursday but i don't know if anyone else yeah plays. i'm not
1: i'm not certain um but either way but that I mean you have the extended week so um i imagine next week a bulk of our discussion will probably be centered around the all-star game we'll get into like you know, I, th- I think the Home Run Derby is Monday night, so maybe we can, we'll either record like during or right after the Home Run Derby, I would imagine, um, yeah. or we can record during the All-Star game on Tuesday. Um, either or works for me. We'll figure that out. Um, and then the week after that, I imagine it'll be like dissecting where things are at through the first weekend of our matchup and mm-hmm. where things are moving the week for the rest of the week. Uh, along yeah. with our our normal team updates, you trying to trade me uh, Freddie Freeman the whole time, pretty much. A.K. Okay. Yeah, people here live here first. <laughs> trade <laughs> uh,
0: happening live on air.
1: Um, yeah, so next week we'll get we'll get into like who's competing in the the home run derby, whatnot. Will or you know if we record Tuesday, what happened in the home run derby, um, everything, um, the All Star game itself. Go talk about the teams, players that we think got snubbed, players that we think we're we're surprised to see there, whatnot. Um, Yeah, anything else that you have on your agenda? It's so early because we recorded earlier today, but we're but we're at like our normal time, just over just over two hours.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's only nine o'clock.
1: It's crazy. Usually we don't start for like another hour. I know, right? Um. But no,
0: no, I'm I'm pretty good. Cool. We kind of covered it, like I said. A perfect uh, title for it because break time is uh, coming at a good time, and probably for more teams, but and most importantly, our two teams that we follow closely. So.
1: Yeah. Now, I and I guess depending on what happens, if the Cardinals like handle business through these two series, you know, like take two out of three from San San Francisco, maybe sweep the Cubs or something. Maybe then it's coming at the wrong time. Like four days off can be Uh, a lot of time off. Yeah. But but I
0: think you ended on a high note, you know, you're excited. I think all-star Games just a different time. I think players are probably prepping for a little all-star break Mm -hmm. all year. Um, It's not like a normal, like extended time off. Like, I think you're probably like, I just got to get to this day and we're going to get a little extended break, spend some time home with the, with the fam. Some players get to go have fun at the
1: all-star weekend. So yeah, I'm sure. It's... And I'm sure like not, not everybody is, um, people aren't 100%. So like having some time off. Um, yeah. but like Aaron like you know, starting in the all-star game, it's back in Colorado. He got a pretty sweet ovation when they played there. His first
0: ever standing ovation of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah because he uh, said when he like came that.
0: here he had never got one yeah, so. something
1: like that. I think he got like a current want... call once mm-hmm. before when he hit like for a cycle like on Father's Day or something like that Yeah. Um, but either way it should be cool for him um, Reyes is going to be there as well <clears throat> so should should be cool festivities and
0: did you uh, I saw a headline that said that Kevin Cash has already told Ah, uh, Joe Madden, that they do plan on using Otani as a pitcher, but they didn't know if it was going to be like a starter, closer or reliever, but they did plan on pitching him in the game.
1: So. interesting. yeah I know that you, Darvish is very excited at the prospect to be able to pitch to Otani because I guess like yeah. maybe they faced each other overseas. Yeah, I'm
0: sure baseball would like if that is true. I'm sure baseball would also like that matchup to happen, and will be like, "Hey, so how do we, how do we make this work?" Yeah, like, as they've like gotten like you the, know Juan Soto order? into the All Star game, um, or I think there was the Reddit was talking about how I think they leaked uh, with that AR app I was talking about. I guess they put like Juan Soto on it, and he was the only player. Um, I haven't seen what it is, but they were talking about he's the only player in it that uh, hasn't confirmed that they're actually in the home run derby. So they think the AR app accidentally broke that uh, he's going to announce he's going to do the All-Star or the um, the home run derby, even though I guess he's not having that great of a year. I don't really watch the crotch grabber, but, you know, yeah, good on that guy. Yeah, pretty much.
1: He's the he's my new David Ortiz, I think. Yeah, I just don't can't stand him. I said he's good, good but – and I guess maybe David Ortiz isn't the right one. Cause I do not have didn't I didn't like, have a problem I with David I only don't Ortiz.
0: like David Ortiz, and my problem isn't with David Ortiz. My problem is with the Cardinals pitching yeah. to him. Like, it's David, not his fault. Yeah, David Ortiz
1: has <laughs> actually seemed seem like a really cool guy. He did um, – so when they had the um, like the MLB fan cave, mm-hmm. um, David Ortiz would stop by there all the time. And he did uh, one bit. He just like walked around New York to try to ask people in Yankees gear for a hug. Like, just mm-hmm. like, will you give me a hug? Like, can we just put it behind us? Like, it's all love. You know, can I get a hug? <laughs> like, yeah, I, like, cool. I think that that shit's funny. Um, yeah, you know, it's like a lot of the stuff that they do now where like people are mic'd up. Um, it's like there there's one game. I think I might have sent it to you. Uh, the video, but it was like, I think it was Freddie Freeman and like Jesus Aguilar were mic'd up in the same game. Um, But it's just like Jesus Aguilar is like a younger guy. Um, I think he's Cuban, Um, but just having fun with it. Like it was, it was very clear, like that he enjoyed, like he, he didn't even start that game. Like he was just on the bench and he was mic'd up, but it was just like very clear that he's having fun playing the game. So that seeing that kind of stuff, like when people can t- can still take time to like enjoy life and understand that, like, yes, they're professional, but it's also they're providing a form of entertainment. Um, it goes a long way. Juan Soto, I think, is just too much, too much, man. Agreed. It's got to grow up a little bit still uh the bat flip and stuff like that i'm cool with it's just the crotch grabbing that i think is excessive
0: 100 yeah, percent, just the crotch grab yeah it's a hawking, little bit I'm even of fine the life yes for me a little bit as the hawking not much of it though but it's the consistency that it'll end up in a crotch grab uh um, yeah and now and like really he didn't the... do it to wainwright Like, he is, he does pick and choose, but it's not like there's a, it's like a very short list of pitchers, I think, that he won't crash grab. And And the rest, you you know, know, it it was on national TV. Yeah, that was the thing
1: for me, too. That I was just like, come on, man. Like, (laughs) just, that's, it's just, and it, like, I get, like, guys on a regular basis are probably, like, adjusting their cup, you know, here or there, like, maybe, but it was, it was excessive. Like, If he were in a park by himself, he could go to jail for it. Like that, that, that kind of excessive. Like, were you adjusting? Were you adjusting your cup, or were you trying to get off? Like, what was happening there? Oh, they're re-showing the Yadier Molina Boo Phillips fight. Nice.
0: Because because Johnny Cueto Cueto
1: went Karate Kid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that was Cincinnati. Why are they showing that? They're playing the Giants. Yeah.
0: I thought it was like a replay, of like the beginning of the game. Cause the jerseys for the giants, you know, like let's see in the front of them. I was like, Oh, is there a fight at the beginning of this game? But
1: no. are they wearing their, their new jerseys that they were wearing the whites? They're just wearing the whites. I don't think they don't, they don't look new. Gotcha. Yeah. They, re- but, they revealed, I it might've been yesterday's game that they were wearing them. I don't know. I didn't watch the game yesterday, yeah. but they were pretty cool. I was like, it's like white and orange. With the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, like, on the sleeve. And then it's, like, fog yeah, going up is... over the, the G or whatever. Yeah. This is not that. Yeah.
0: This is not that. But they have vaxed up right on the field. Interesting. Yep.
1: Vaxed up. I mean, San Francisco's probably pretty pretty blue, so. I guess that doesn't surprise me. You probably wouldn't catch that on, like, yeah, Rangers. On the Rangers field. <laughs> probably, well, it probably I'm, doesn't play I'm pretty sure way, uh, really.
0: that's where, uh. I'm pretty sure that's where the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi resides in San Francisco, gotcha. and that, like that's the district she's in, and she is the uh, you know, Democratic the Vax Up Lady, well, a, a Democratic leader. Yeah, she's you know, right. She's super masked up.
1: But we could just talk politics. That's Friday's podcast. Yeah, that is Friday's podcast. It goes a long way. There's a lot to talk about. There. There's a lot to unpack. It's called unpacking. Yeah, Friday's unpacking Pop- politics. I, it's good. And it's called "Make Fridays Great Again." Make Fridays Great Again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Cool. Well. As always, we appreciate you stopping by, spending some time with us. Hit us up on the emails or the Twitters um, at the Interleague or uh, the Interleague at gmail dot com. Um, no one ever messages us, so I promise you, we will probably reply.
0: Or we, yeah, we look for um, every. We'll probably make sure
1: the reply back first. I would be like, "Are you a bot?" Yeah. <laughs> yes or no. Or, or, <laughs> did you mean to message us? Uh, but yeah, until next week, stay cool. Bye. you, hey, Bye.